This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching questions. Well, this month we are covering relationships. And so I've gone into the question bank and I've pulled out various different questions that have to do with relationships. I will say the relationships in general, whether it be with a significant other or with friends or just community, um, these are questions that we talk about a lot in our programs. One of the big things to understand when you go through this change, when you want to change your drinking, um, is that it will have effects in these different areas. And so one common area of concern is how do I manage this? So I'm going to dive right in. I got four questions are kind of about different things. I'm going to jump in and I hope you like it. So question number one is this. My wife is a drinker and she has told me that she supports what I'm doing, this person's in the intensive, um, but she doesn't think that she's going to stop. I'm not totally sure what I want, but I do know at least that I don't want to be around it much. What's the best way for me to navigate this situation? Um, this is a fantastic question and it comes up a lot. Um, very often, one member of, uh, of a couple will decide to uh, make a change in their drinking behavior and the other one maybe isn't ready. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things that happen when this goes on. So chances are in your significant other relationship, um, you guys probably drank together. And so a lot of times what ends up happening is one person goes, man, I should cut back on the amount I'm drinking. And that in effect holds up a mirror to the other person, right? And it makes the other person question their drinking. Now, if they're at a place where they feel ready to make a change, they might be open to it. Maybe they'll even say, hey, let's do this together. Um, a lot of times though, what happens is that reflection freaks them out, right? They say, well, man, if she is drinking too much and I'm drinking more than her, right? They do the math. Um, and if they're not, again, at a place where they're ready to make a change or don't feel that it's warranted, um, it can cause some tension. So to answer this question directly, here is you know what I see work over and over and over, and it plays out differently every time. Um, but for you, you who are going through the program, right? you who are working through this process of changing your drinking, um, here's what I recommend. Um, before having a conversation, before you know, just trying to work out what's gonna happen at home, take a minute and sit down and think about what it is that you need to be supported through this program, right? So what does that mean? Does it mean that you wanna be able to talk about it with your loved one? Does it mean that you don't wanna be around it all the time? Does it mean that you don't wanna be around it at all, right? Does it mean you don't want it in the house? Does it mean you don't want to even go out? Like what are the things that you think will help you in this process? Um, and understanding that, you can then go into a conversation with your loved one. And the conversation can be framed because you've thought about it ahead of time. The conversation can be framed like this, right? So as you know, I'm making this change. I want to do this thing differently. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be potentially a little difficult. So here's how you can support me. Here's what I'd like to ask you to do. 
um, and you can have you can tell them. Now, it's important to see how I phrase that, right? Where I said, here's what I would like to ask you to do because that's what it is. It's an ask, it's not a tell. Um, and be ready for some give and take. You know, sometimes what happens is the person asks and says, hey, I'd appreciate it if you don't drink in the house. Um, and then that happens, right? Then the, the partner says, all right, fine. Yeah, that's not a big deal. It doesn't bother me. Um, other times it's, uh, you know, can we have like one or two nights where you'll be drinking? I may or may not be around, but, you know, I want to split the difference, right? The point is to have a conversation um, and to be very clear about what it is that you think you need to be supported through this process um, and then to come up with a solution that works for you. It's amazing how I've seen this play out in the programs. I remember, um, man, this was about a year ago now, someone in our intensive program, um, she said, I don't want to have, I don't want to be around you while you're drinking. Um, this is what she said to her husband. Um, and she goes, if you're going to be sitting here drinking, then I'm just going to, you know, I'll do something else. I'll, I'll be in a different part of the house. Um, and you know, he agreed to that. And then, you know, a few days in he's, you know, at home having a drink at the end of the day. And so she just went somewhere else and sat on her laptop or read a book. Right. And so this pattern kind of continues. It's like every few nights and then, um, eventually one night she just kind of got into the routine of like, all right, I'm just going to go sit in the den downstairs because he's probably going to have a drink, but he didn't have a drink. And instead he came down and he asked her, he was curious, you know, what is this, this course, you know, what is this thing that you're watching? Um, and so fast forward to the end of the intensive, the two of them were going through the modules together. Um, and it was something that was allowed to bridge that gap in communication between them. And so I tell that story because what this lady did is she went through this process, right? She thought about, okay, what is it that I need? She was clear with her partner. These are the things that I would need to make this happen. And she was prepared if she didn't get those things to make an alternative arrangements. Now, was she going to sit downstairs in the den forever? No, of course not. And she had no intention of doing that. But the idea was, this is what I need from me. Um, and this gets to my last point that I want to make on this question. One thing that happens all the time with alcohol um, is we start to forget how to meet our own needs, right? We start to forget um, how to really take care of ourselves emotionally. And a big part of this process is learning how to do that again. And this is a fantastic first step in that direction, right? By defining, hey, this is what I need to get through this process, by communicating that, and by being prepared to take care of that in whatever way it means makes a huge difference. Now, I will say a lot of people get very worried about fights and big issues. That does not happen as often as you might think. Yes, it might mean um, some evenings sitting, you know, outside on the deck or, uh, you know, in a different room uh, if you don't feel like being around it. But in the end, doing this and doing what you know you need to do for you is going to help you be a better you and be uh, much more active and better part of that relationship. So that's a, I love that question. Uh, let's see, question number two. Hi, my husband just bought your intensive program. We were both excited for him to make some changes and I was a little shocked when he said, Annie said I don't have to quit yet. <laughs> Obviously, this is not what I expected. Can you please explain what this is all about? 
Um, yeah, super happy to. So, um, you know, again, uh, and we do get emails from supportive family members who uh, might be a little bit confused. So uh, our approach, the This Naked Mind approach, is about kind of putting willpower aside. Um, here's the thing. Willpower is a muscle, right? And eventually you run out of it. Um, you might have heard of something called decision-making fatigue, right? This is why people who are... Um, you know, high up executives and have to make big decisions all day long, tend to do things like wear the thing, same thing every day, like Steve Jobs, um, or eat the same thing all the time. It's because, you know, we only have a certain amount of willpower as the day goes on. And if we start chipping away at it, eventually we're gonna hit our end. Um, and so we say, let's not use willpower, let's work on our thinking about alcohol. And the very first step in this is what we call the pause. And this is where we quit trying to quit, right? We quit trying to beat ourselves into submission. We quit trying to force ourselves to be alcohol-free. And instead, we work on our thinking about alcohol. Um, and so this, this, you know, in programs like our year-long program, The Path, or in our three-month program, The Intensive, um, this is the time period where we say, okay, now we're focusing on our thoughts. Our behavior is going to come. But right now we're focusing on our thoughts. We work on our beliefs about alcohol. We work on, you know, how alcohol is actually affecting our lives. And it's very effective to do that while you're drinking, right? Um, instead of trying to be alcohol-free and force yourself to do that and then think back to two weeks ago, which seems like three months ago because you haven't drank anything and you're miserable, um, we say, time out. Right? And we take this pause and we spend, in the intensive, it's the first eight weeks of the in intensive, um, we spend that time working on our thinking, right? really working on paying attention to how alcohol affects us, really working on the beliefs that we have and the emotions that we might be hiding. Right? I mentioned in the answer to the last question that we don't do a good job of taking care of our own needs on a fairly regular basis. And so this um, is a way that we can identify those while we still have alcohol and kind of work through what those alternative scenarios would be. Um, so I don't want you to worry. Uh, this is a this is how the program goes. Um, and so from here on out, right, there's the pause phase. Um, and then we're gonna move into action, right? That's when we're actually going to quit alcohol. Um, and it could be for any period of time, right? Most people, uh, especially, well, your husband's in the intensive. So most people um, choose 30 days um, because that is the, the third month of the intensive. Um, but, you know, there's an action time. So what that ends up meaning is that means, all right, this is when I'm quitting, right? This is when I'm learning how to navigate alcohol-free. Um, and then we have further phases after that where we're really saying, okay, like these are the things that we're learning. These are the things that uh, we're going to incorporate into this process. And we're just going to get better and better and better at living our lives alcohol free. Um, so it kind of is, it's a, the standard idea of quitting drinking, but it's on its head, right? We don't say, all right, day one, quit drinking right away. And it's funny too, because in the intensive, when people join our Facebook groups, I see people all the time that sign up for the intensive, they get into the group and they type something like, all right, here we are, day one for me. Now, I never tell people to go back to drinking if they have already quit, right? If they're, you know, 30 days in and join the intensive. Um, but if it's someone who joined the intensive who's actively drinking, you know, we encourage them to spend that energy energy that they were spending on using willpower to quit, spend that energy instead to learn. 
Um, and so that's what your husband is going through right now. But don't worry, that time is coming. And what we found is by going in this direction, by spending that time thinking and learning and understanding our own thinking on alcohol, when the time comes for action, it's significantly different experience than it's been all the other times that um, your husband's tried probably tried to quit drinking, right? Which is miserable and effort laden. We want to make it, uh, and the, the transition is this essentially, right? I remember when I tried to quit drinking with willpower, my whole thing was I can't drink today, right? And it was all effort and striving and pushing to get through the day, not drinking. That was what it was like with willpower. When I quit with this naked mind, it was I don't want to drink today. Right. And that didn't mean that I didn't have cravings and didn't have all of that, but it's, you can see how that different approach is going to lead to a very different experience. Um, so great question. <laughs> um, and don't worry. Yes, that is part of the program. Um, and as time goes on, you'll begin to see some behavioral changes um, that are going to, to lead to, to being alcohol free, if that's what your husband wants. So thank you for writing that in. Okay. Question number three. I have so many drinking friends. As a matter of fact, all of my friends are drinking friends. I'm really worried about this. I don't, I don't want to become a leper. How do I, how do people usually deal with this? Um, fantastic question. And again, you know, this is something else in the realm of relationships um, that we run into all the time. Um, chances are, if you like going out and drinking, you're probably hanging out with people who like going out and drinking, right? That's just kind of how we, how we operate as humans. Um, and a lot of times, especially if this is the majority of our peer group, or in this case, all of our peer group, we're really concerned, right? Because it seems like, man, if I don't drink, uh, they're not going to want to hang out with me. Right. Um, and a lot of times, especially if we look back and we think, well, man, before I try to quit drinking, if one of my friends said, I don't want to drink anymore, I probably wouldn't want to hang out with them. Right. We try to put ourselves in their shoes and we end up coming with all types of worst case scenarios. Um, so a few thoughts. And first of all, I should start this by saying, by the way, I still go out with people for drinks. I've done it since I was about a month alcohol free. I just don't have a drink. Right. I will sit there and order, a, you know, a club soda and lime, seltzer and lime. I love that. There's a fantastic amount of alcohol free beers now, too, if that's your thing. And of course, you know, mocktails are becoming more and more popular. Um, there's a place here in Portland, uh, in Portland, Maine, that I go to a lot that has this extensive list of very, very cool uh, mocktails. Um, so anyway, the point is, it's not about not going out. The question is, how do you present this to your friends and how do you think about it yourself? So. One of the things that I found to be extremely effective for people um, is if they explain to their friends, hey, it's not you, it's me, um, and I'm still going to be around. Now, sometimes people are going to take this a little weird, right? There's always some sort of, uh, well, stigma might be the right word about quitting drinking, right? Everyone kind of immediately flashes to the TV show Intervention and thinks, oh man, how many DUIs have you had or how many this or how many that, um, right? Everyone always thinks the worst case scenario. The fact is the vast, vast majority of people who quit drinking are not that far down the road um, and they just decide to make a change for their health um, so or for quality of life or whatever it might be for you. So the very first thing I recommend doing in this case is having a conversation with these friends, right? And if it, just like I was saying in the first question, if it means that you don't want to be around uh, alcohol for a bit, that's okay. 
that's totally fine and you know people will understand um if on the other hand it means you just want to let people know so it's not uncomfortable that also makes perfect sense um so having that conversation is number one number two and this is the thing about going out with drinkers when you're a non-drinker it's not as fun as you remember. Uh, well, at first it might be, right? When everyone first sits down, it might be um, that you're having a good time, but what you're gonna begin to notice, um, which you might've noticed uh, while you kept drinking, but I guarantee you now that you're not drinking, you're gonna notice it sooner and it's gonna seem bigger to you, are these shifts in people's personality, right? You're gonna see them change. You'll see, you know, you'll see them kind of slump a little bit, maybe relax a little bit. They'll start talking slower. Maybe they'll repeat themselves, right? These are the sort of things that happen um, as alcohol is taking effect. Now, I will say for someone who's going alcohol-free, it is a fantastic experience to actually see that um, because you can kind of reflect that back on you and, and think, is this how I wanna live, right? Is this how I wanna be? Um, so that's thing one, right? Have that conversation, be open to what you need um, and let your friends know, right? Have, talk about it. Um, a few ideas that I've seen a lot of people do um, to kind of avoid the alcohol laden activities, uh, especially at first, like I said, for me, eventually it wasn't an issue at all. About a month in, I just, whatever, I just go. Um, I also, by the way, end up leaving earlier, <laughs> whereas I used to stay uh, longer. I'll probably leave somewhere like right around when the third round comes, right? Because that's about the time I'm checking out because it just, you know, we're on starting to be on different planets. Um, but one of the things you can do is plan alcohol free activities with that group of friends. So maybe instead of getting together for dinner, you can get together for brunch. Um, maybe instead of getting together to sit and watch a game, you can get together for a hike. Um, you know, be creative with what you're doing with your current group of friends um, and try to come up with something that's maybe outdoorsy or athletic or you know, just different than what you normally do. Um, that's a, a fantastic way to kind of change that pattern. What I will tell you is in the long run, people will adjust to it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I know so many people, like I used to have a job as a sales engineer. And one of the things that I did is I would go out, um, and you know, I would have drinks with clients. Right. Uh, and there's one guy that I really liked. Uh, he was a cool guy. I, yeah. Anyway, I won't get into that detail, but anyway, I really liked this guy and it was always him and I would have drinks together. Um, and when I quit drinking, uh, about a month in, that was the first time I, I hung out in a bar and I was hanging out with this guy. Um, and you know, of course he's saying, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean you're not drinking? Nah, 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 nah. Right. And we have this conversation and I'm very jokey with him, but then the evening just went on, you know, then it just kept going. And I was standing there with my seltzer and he was standing there with his scotch and nothing changed. Right. So be open to that. Be open to the fact that what can, what is in your glass might change, but your connection might not change. And the last thing I'll say about this is, you know, pay attention to opportunities to meet other people right outside of this drinking area pay attention to, to times when you can meet and actually the next question i'll go into this more um but where can you meet people in alcohol-free places where can you develop relationships that aren't at the bar um in the, in the same way that this is an opportunity for your existing relationships to grow and change it's also an opportunity for you to grow and change and meet new people um so thank you for writing in that question that is one I would say easily in the top five questions I get asked 
um, on a regular basis in our programs. And we go into a little bit more detail on all of what I just told you. I just kind of gave you the 30,000 foot view, but I love, uh, I love that question. Okay, on to the last one. Here we go. Uh, this process has been so incredible for me. For the first time in 20 years, I feel like the old me. There is one thing I'm hung up on though. How do I make alcohol-free friends? It seems like everyone drinks and they drink all over the place. And now that I don't drink, I'd like to find people who feel the same way. What a great question. So I've already hinted a little bit at the answer to this in my answer to the previous one, which was, you know, uh, be open to those possibilities, right? Do things um, in the middle of the day or um, athletic events, stuff like that, that maybe they might end with a beer, but the whole thing isn't centered around alcohol. Um, there are a bunch of great ways to meet people who don't drink. Um, one of my favorites is meetup.com. So um, if you're not familiar with meetup.com, it is a place where people who are interested in stuff get together. I've ran meetups before, I've gone to meetups before. Um, so if you go to meetup.com and look up your area, um, there's all types of you know sober or alcohol-free groups. If there isn't one, maybe it's a good time to start one, gives you something to do. Um, so that's one fantastic way to do it. Um, another way of doing it is, like I said earlier, get out and be active. Join a running club, join a walking group, join a, you know, I do these things called go ruck events, right? Which is where you march around with heavy weights on your back and do physical, um, you know, physical stuff. And uh, so when you, if you do that, right, you're gonna be engaging with people in a situation where you're not drinking. Um, another fantastic place to do that is in volunteer opportunities. Um, there are no shortage of, there is no shortage of need for volunteers in a wide range of places. Um, so if you volunteer, that can be really, really amazing for meeting people in an alcohol-free environment. Um, and so same thing with church groups, if you're into that, or community groups, um, really kind of focus on meeting people in places that alcohol isn't around. That doesn't mean, by the way, that they won't be people who drink. Um, and, you know, I, this is a whole other podcast. Maybe we can go into this sometime. I have zero rules about I will not hang out with someone who drinks or I will only hang out with someone who doesn't drink. The key thing for me is do I like you and do we get along, right? And so if you take that view of it, um, you can go to any event that doesn't involve alcohol and meet people in an alcohol-free environment. That makes such a huge difference going forward. Because, you know, if you think about the friends from the last question, there's a chance that you, that, that, um, um, that that person could say, hey, why don't we meet for coffee instead of beers? And the friends are going to look at her sideways, right? Versus if you have no history of this and that's how you meet, you meet to go for a walk, you meet to go for a run, you meet to go for coffee, whatever that is, um, then you can establish that relationship in that way. Um, and so there's a couple of ideas for you. Um, there's more and more alcohol-free stuff going on. Um, oh, you know what? I will say one other thing. So um, that place here in Portland, Maine that I like to go to a lot, um, that place has kind of like regulars. It has like a culture. Um, and so you can go to some of these alcohol-free bars, which there are more and more popping up in cities around the country. Um, and that's a fantastic place to hang out and meet people. And it's amazing too, because you don't just meet people that are like, um, you know, miserably sober, right? Like most of the people that I've met when I've been at this place have been, you know, alcohol-free and happy and loving it and excited about that. Um, so explore that option as well. 
Whew. All right. Well, that is all four questions for this month about relationships. I hope uh, you enjoyed. And, you know, as always, uh, we love to hear from you. Go ahead and comment on the Facebook page. would love to hear more uh, about your questions. Um, that's it for me for this month. And I will be back next month with another set of questions. Take care. Are you ready for a deep dive and truly lasting change? If so, you might consider my intensive program. It's a nine-week self-led program that you can do in the complete comfort of your own home, and it will truly transform your relationship with alcohol. If you want to learn more about this, go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash intensive. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.